atmosphere for Father's Day. Um, you'll see just behind me some tables being set up, and uh, in just a few minutes, I'm going to have something we've done the last couple of years, is having some of the dads join me on stage, so just to be a part of the service this morning. We're going to do that again, um, and so I'll introduce the dads in just a second, but really is a great chance to hear uh, just from some of the collective wisdom of the men in our congregation, the dads, but I'm going to give you one verse. This is out of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. It says, listen, my son, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. Listen, my sons, or listen, my daughters, to a father's instruction and pay attention and gain understanding. Um, we're currently in our ongoing series through the letter of James, uh, just looking verse by verse. And one of the spots that we, we've talked about, we spent a couple of weeks on, is in James 1, 19 and 20, being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. But the whole idea of being quick to listen. That is something that echoes all throughout Scripture, being quick to listen, to slow down and just and listen, and, and to listen to the wisdom that God is really imparting into our lives all throughout life and through a number of different ones. And one of the, the key ways that God loves to impart his wisdom into our lives is through parents. As I've said to our, our youth before, that whether or not you like it, right now, if you're, if you're living with your parents, living under your, your parents' roof, your mom and your dad's roof, Roof, um, one of the, the primary delivery systems of God's wisdom into your life in this phase of life, one of the primary avenues to deliver his wisdom is through your mom and your dad. And so oftentimes, the voice of God, if you want to learn to grow in, in hearing the voice of God, learn to listen to your parents. Um, because as we, we will never learn to uh, obey a God that we cannot see if we can't learn to listen and receive the advice and the guidance from our parents that we can. But recognizing that God is continually investing into our lives through his wisdom, through the people around us. I think with that, there's also a great responsibility of recognizing for parents, both for moms and dads, even though this is Father's Day, recognizing for moms and dads um, that, that we have a huge responsibility of investing in the lives of those God has entrusted to us. There's a, a great opportunity, opportunity to, to invest. So much of life happens so fast, and so much there's, there's rhythms and, and things and just habits that happen in, in our weekly schedules. But to slow down and to pause and to recognize the opportunities to invest and to uh, just to be with our kids and that, that God entrusts to us. And there are times as parents, as a dad, I'll tell you, there's so many times that, that I get to the end of, of a situation and I'll be like, one of two things. One is I'm like, wow, by God's grace, you, you managed to do that right. And to recognize it was a chance to invest in their lives. And then there's been other times I'm like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't handle that quite so well. And, uh, and there's even been times I've gone to some of my kids and apologized to them about just how something unfolded. But I think in both times, both when we, when we nail it, when we do a, a great job, and then both when we, when we fail, when we struggle in that, letting our kids see the highs and the lows and how we handle the highs and lows in life is a great chance to impart wisdom, just the investment into their lives. And so this morning, I have invited... Uh, for the dads to join me and just got some questions that we're going to talk about on the journey of being a dad. And so I'm going to invite uh, C.K. Villarell, Ernie Lay, Michael Madera, and Aaron Bell to come and to join me on stage. And won't you welcome these men as they come this morning. <laughs> welcome. It's good to see you. So very grateful just for you men that you have uh, just agreed to be a part of this. And I thought the best way um, to start this morning 
would be, I know, um, I know many of you, some of you just, just connecting, but one of the things that happens in our congregation is that because of just the way the sanctuary is laid out and the way the entrances and things go, I've found sometimes individuals on this side of the congregation don't get to meet people on this side as much or vice versa, just the way with life happens. So I thought one of the first things that we could start by is having um, each of you men just introduce yourself and perhaps to share, um, uh, to introduce yourself and then how many kids you have. I think that's a great start, especially being Father's Day uh, and learning. And, and um, you may need to flip on all of your mics. That's one thing. Uh, not sure that happened. There we go. So who would love to start us? I guess I could start things off. My name is C.K. Villarreal. As Steve mentioned, I am I'm a father of six, five boys, one girl. And what's the age range? I'm sorry, I should ask. Okay, so my oldest is 23. Kevin, he's over there. My second is 18. Jason, who's not here with us, he is 16, about to be 17 on the 4th. Then I have Dylan, who's 12, and Logan, who is, uh, Logan is 9. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with all these guys, right? I hear you. And then um, Madeline. Madeline is five. So that's the range. Quite, quite the range, yeah. right? I, I guess you could say we kind of started over with Maddie. But to be fair, while he was doing that, I was quickly going through my kids' ages, and I only have four. Uh, I have four. Um, and three of them are here today. They are 23, 21, 19, and 17. Michael, Emily, Alexandra, and Jonathan. And my name is Ernie Lay. I have uh, three kids. I have a, a college graduate who is 23, and uh, he is now adulting. Um, I have a middle daughter who is a, going to be a sophomore in college who is here with us today. Her name is Adriana. And then I have one who is a freshman in high school who is somewhere in the remote jungles of Zambia today on a mission trip with school. So proud of her, too. She's 15. Uh, so I'm Aaron Bell. Uh, I only have two kids with one on the way. Uh, Josiah is two years old, Lena is four, um, and we're expecting our third here uh, July 23rd. Faith Hartman's here because she and my wife are, are due around the same time, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, we're kind of in a phase with, with uh, especially in the young marriages and some of the ones. Aaron and Kristen lead the young marriage ministry, and we've noticed right now in a phase of, of um, Getting ready to have, have kids. I think we have three different ones, three different families, so just excited. That's true. However, I think maybe through some of the discussions and the airing out of things in the young marrieds, we may have a gap in kids from the young marrieds who don't have kids yet. Hopefully, we haven't discouraged them, but <laughs> we'll see. We may not be getting new kids in the children's ministry for a while but from the young marrieds group. We'll keep them busy. Um, well, we have, I gave you guys each um, some questions just to be aware of what we'll talk about, but I have one question I thought just kind of as a warm-up question um, that I didn't send you, and it's, it's a light, light question, so you don't need to feel like, uh-oh, he called us up and he's put us on the spot, but I just thought a great question to warm up with, and that is, if you could be one superhero, who would it be and why? <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's deeper than I thought. <laughs> It depends on which universe. You talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe or you the... Can, okay. <laughs> you can pick whatever one you want. Uh, I, I guess for me, um, Captain Marvel I, um, from, from D.C., uh, the wisdom of Solomon, strength, of, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, it, it's tough, but... Uh, as far as being a dad, you know, trying to embody all the good things that you want your kids to have, I think for, for me that would be the one. I think that's, that's probably, and I would do another captain, it would be Captain America. 
but uh, on the DC side, it would be Superman. And the reason for those two is not about their strength. It's not about that. It's about f- for those, you know, truth, justice, and the American way. And for both of those, leave out the American way, at least as it relates to the scripture. But um, for, for those two characters, you have somebody who acts selflessly um, and seeks truth and justice. I think I would probably want to be the Flash because my family tends to tease me that I'm always a little bit behind. So I think I could, I could be ahead. Uh, my my first thought too is, uh, this is a little bit risky, but I, I thought about being Wonder Woman because because then I think I could know what what my wife is really like. So that's you know trying to. Well know, done. Well done. Well so. done. Top that, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, but I will. I'm going to go a different way. Uh, I'm a Star Wars fan, so I would get with Luke Skywalker. Okay. The powers of the Force. So, just before we move on into the more serious questions, I actually asked that same question to your wives. Oh, boy. So, CK, you said, you said Captain Marvel, right? right. Captain Marvel. We asked Lisa, and Lisa said, if my husband were a superhero, he would be, without a doubt, Mr. Incredible. Um, He is super strong. He accidentally breaks things at times with his super strength. (laughs) I've I've seen him rush to the scene of multiple accidents, mishaps, to rescue people. He is really funny and a great dad. He is our Mr. Incredible. So that's a great one. So, Michael, you said said Captain America. Captain America. And Superman, okay. Uh, Lisa said I would choose Superman, so pretty good. Superman. Go. And you should know, I, we'd asked the wives not to tell the husbands about this, so there was no, as far as I know, there was no, no planning in this. Um, I would choose Superman because he's patient, wise, brave, noble, and a true leader. His integrity and confidence is contagious. He is strong, loyal, and stands up for what is right. He is resilient and picks his battles wisely. He carries a lot on his shoulders, works hard, and loves his family fiercely. He sets the bar high for our daughters and is an amazing example to our sons. He loves me with an unconditional love like our Heavenly Father. He is my Superman. Oh, shucks. <laughs> so, love you too, baby. Ernie, Sonia answered. She said, Ernie is Shazam. <laughs> he says, it's because he... He is just like the young character Billy, where sometimes he doesn't even know the powers he holds. Ernie methodically speaks knowledge and wisdom into the lives of those who know him by being kind, patient, and eager to teach, but is also learning and refining himself through the process. He unknowingly and humbly commands the respect of all who cross his path, especially his students over the last 20 years. He holds what I would call a super Holy Spirit... Wait a Holy Spirit, super discerning, quiet power, and I truly love him, that about him. So that's good. And then Aaron, Christian, uh, Kristen said, Batman. <laughs> and I love the reason she gave. She says, because his Christian Bale impression from the Dark Knight is on point. <laughs> so, who would like to hear it? All right, does that put you on the spot? Are you willing so to do it? So the backstory with my Christian Bale impression is I was uh, stranded. It was like a, a nightmare travel scenario, trying to come back from the West Coast to get home. We flew over State College. A snowstorm had come in. We got diverted back to uh, Pittsburgh. 
But while we were there, our flight was delayed. So while that storm was building up, we should have been able to get into State College, but our flight was delayed in Indiana. And one of the guys that was sitting there with, we were kind of joking, we're like, I know you have the plane. Where is she? Where is she? <laughs> so we were just like, again, we were sleep deprived, so we were just using the impressions to keep us positive and moving on. So that's, that's kind of where. That's we're. good. No, that's good. Thank you. And thank you for being willing to do it. Well, let's jump into some of the questions that I did give you. Um, first, how would you define a father's role at home? And one of the things that I, I shared with them, too, so you know that uh, all of you can answer, some of you can answer, you don't have, feel, have to feel the pressure to, to answer every single question, but um, how would you define the, the role of a father at home? I thought, obviously, one of the places to go and look to see what God commanded fathers to do, and I, I thought about just jumping in with fill the earth and subdue it, but, um, but CK's ahead of me on that. Um, <laughs> But I looked, I looked at God's charge to Abraham, um, and in uh, Genesis 18, verse 19, um, God is talking about Abraham, and he says, I've chosen him like a father is chosen. Anybody can be a dad, right? But can you be a father? And he says, I've chosen him in order that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. But I think the interesting thing about that is not that he says that he commands his family and his household. It says he commands his family and his household after him. And that goes to an answer to a later question, so I won't jump into that one right now, but uh, he commands his family after him to seek justice and righteousness. So I think the role of the father is to seek justice and righteousness. And then it's not so much a command to your family as an example they're following. Mm. That's good. I had a former pastor who challenged me to always consider my family my first church. Um, That's the place that I serve and minister first. Pass on truth from Scripture first. I love to teach, um, and I need to take the responsibility to teach my own family to lead my home. Um, Haven't always done the best at that, but it's always been a challenge to make that my first church. So I'll, I'll jump off that. I agree. So when I was preparing for this, one of the verses that stuck out to me again, and this is something that Chris and I pray, pray, over, um, pray over our kids, but in, that we're cognizant of, it's in Proverbs 22, 6, uh, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll surely not depart from it. And uh, again, just thinking about that role of a father at home is uh, to lay that example for uh, a life sold out for Christ. Um, it's not the responsibility of the teachers in the world of the Christian schools that we send our kids, that's not the responsibility for kids uh, to know who God is and to be to, to learn that example. It's from from me and from my wife and how we train them up. So that's good. Um, for me, definitely, it's to uh, nurture, teach, and uh, you know, uh, prepare them for what what comes. Because you know, in this day and age, nothing is ever easy, and and. The dad's role is definitely to, to be that role model for, for the kids because um, it is a challenge. Uh, it's definitely challenging. And, uh, you know, what you teach your kids at home, they, they take forth and carry that forth with them into life. Um, and, and so for me, that, that's definitely uh, what I believe to be the, the role of, of the father in the house. Good. And just to jump onto that, too, the, the other thing I thought about was, like, um, if you've got daughters at home, my relationship with my wife should be an example of how uh, my daughter 
sees how she should be treated by men. And uh, for, for those who have sons, I think, my, I mean, my desire is that my son will see how I love my wife. And he would use that as a model for how mm -hmm. he would treat, treat women. That's good. What you've each shared is really good. And something that you, some of you already touched on this. So um, next question I'll just ask you is, is there a specific verse or two that has challenged you or shaped you as a dad, um, specifically in how you relate to your children? I'll jump on this one. Yeah. For, for me, it's um, Ephesians uh, 6, verse 4. Um, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them in, up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, you know, you were talking about it this morning as far as uh, slow to speak, um, quick to listen, and slow to anger. Uh, early on, you know, getting frustrated by what the kids do, you know, obviously I was quick to anger. And it took uh, a lot of years of learning as a dad that that's what they have to go through, um, you know, to learn these things. They have to experience it. And me always wanting to step in and take the lead and always, you know, try to do things for them wasn't really teaching them, but rather, you know, is showing them, hey, someone else will do it for you. It's not necessarily the case. But that, that verse definitely has challenged me. Um, you know, I, I latch on to it and... Uh, you know, it keeps me grounded and, and definitely having, having to, you know, reel myself in at, at times and, and allow them to do the things that they're capable of doing and watching them grow from it. That's really good. Yeah, sorry. I had the same one. And then uh, and in Colossians 3.21, it's very similar. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children unless they become discouraged. So, again, that's something that Kristen and I pray about in the morning when it relates to our kids and just that we would train them up in the ways of the Lord and not exasperate them or discourage them uh, in the things they do. And then or a little bit earlier than that, Ephesians 6.1, uh, I drew the analogy. So Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, and honor your father and mother. And I, I drew the parallel to, like, uh, we pray that as well. Like, we, we take that and pray that over our kids. And I feel like that's, like, uh, when Congress is voting to give themselves a raise, it's like kind of self-serving <laughs> the prayer that our kids would honor us and obey us. <laughs> so. In uh, 2007, I had a cousin that uh, was more like a brother who uh, tragically died in a house fire. And uh, this, I guess, leads more to the question of what shaped me as a dad. And I remember my kids, obviously that was 12 years ago, so they were much younger. And they were looking to me to understand why these things happen. And so um, I remember pulling out the Bible and, and reading for them, Romans 8, 28. We know that God causes everything to work together for good. Those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And I remember sitting and trying to explain to them that I don't honestly see anything good in this. But we have to believe these truths that are in Scripture. It's not about how we feel. It's not about how things seem. Um, but it's the truth that's in God's word that he will work things together for good. And something like that, we're still waiting. I don't know exactly what came out of that. But it, it was a, definitely a shaping moment for me as a dad to really rely on scripture when it doesn't quite totally fit. You know, that I had to really believe what was said and the truth in there. Yeah, my, the verse I chose uh, as it relates to one of the many verses probably, but um, goes back to what I said before about uh, us being... Uh, examples and making sure that our family, we can command our family because they follow after us when we seek truth and justice. And that's from 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. It says, be imitators of me just as I am of Christ. Or as my mom and dad used to say, take the good out of us. Uh, because it's, e it's easy to see the anger or the, or the frustration with something or 
not knowing what it is that is the reason something happens. But if we imitate Christ, then we can uh, faithfully and, and uh, confidently say, imitate me in the good stuff as mm -hmm. I imitate Christ. That's good. So let me ask you this. When it comes to fatherhood, um, are any of you willing to share just briefly what your relationship with your dad was like or is like and how that shaped you as a cur currently as a dad? So, so I, I thought about that question and uh, just real. Uh, so I used to play soccer growing up. And so Saturdays was like an all-day thing, going to soccer tournaments. And I, uh, in the early years, pre-teen years, I definitely remember my dad, like on our long drives from, from soccer tournaments, just like uh, encouraging me. And uh, one of the things, I mean, just I, it, I remember like being in the car and just express like, I'm proud of you. Like that was really encouraging to build me up like in a, in a time of life that's, I don't know, a little bit more vulnerable. So I really appreciate that. My dad's been a very uh, great encourager. And and for my mom, I mean, growing up, she taught me how to pray and how to pray for the nations, being homeschooled for a couple of years every morning, uh, just instilling that in me. Hmm. Probably a little more challenging question. Um, my dad was a really hard worker, kind of old school, blue collar mechanic. Um, I grew up sometimes poor, and I didn't know I was poor. <laughs> um, but uh, I didn't, he didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, my dad has lived most of his life as an unbeliever. Um, came to all my baseball games, uh, worked on all my school projects, taught me about an honest day's work, um, expected me to respect my mother. Um, but when it came to spiritual things, conversations, questions, um, praying for dinner, those things just didn't happen. And I had great mentors and great male role models through church and college. And, um, but um, in terms of spiritual leadership, it's been probably one of our biggest challenges uh, for our marriage and in our family, just um, knowing what that's like and trying to, you know, long to hear from your dad. You know, I love you. I'm proud of you. It's just he would do anything for me. It's just that's a really difficult uh, obstacle for him to get over. So uh, my wife has been an incredible source of um, encouragement in that, that I, that I am doing a good job, because sometimes I don't always know, because I didn't really have that to look to, but, but I mean, I love my dad, he's, I pray for him every day, um, talk to him this morning, but um, he's in church today, so that's good. <laughs> my dad's in church today, too, but he's standing behind a pulpit preaching, and I say that to say, I have a great relationship with my dad, but it was interesting to hear you talk about having a father who said, um, or, or knowing that the right way, the encouragement you had to be even a pastor is to pastor your family first. And that, that is the example of my dad. I saw something, I don't know, probably on social media yesterday that says, uh, said something about, um, you know, your, your kids say you're the greatest dad in the world, but are you? And of course, I think I had the greatest dad in the world. But again, for me, it was not always just what he said because I heard a lot of preaching from him, both, both good and bad. And by that, I mean preaching right at me and then preaching on Sunday mornings. But for me, uh, my relationship with my dad was his example, his quiet example. Um, he was a listener. He would listen. He didn't jump in right away with something, but he would listen and take it in and respond. Mm -hmm. So for me, my, um, my biological father and my mother split when, uh, when we were really young. However, later on in life, and I, at, 
probably around 14 years of age, um, one of my good friends, his dad, kind of became my surrogate father. And I learned a lot from him, you know, just him taking in, a, uh, you know, his, his son's best friend and just teaching me a, a lot of the things that I try, you know, to, to emulate and espouse today. Um, you know, he, he, sadly he passed away in 2005, but I was able to see him after, uh, you know, my first deployment to Iraq in 03. I think I saw him later that year, or it might have been early 04, but that was the first time I had seen him since I joined the military. And uh, he was just so proud of, of what I had done and the things I had seen and, and the path that I chose to, uh, to pursue. Um, that really meant a lot, uh, something I didn't hear from my, from my biological father, but uh, definitely you know, from my best friend's dad, who became my surrogate father, uh, I learned that, you know, hey, you could be giving of yourself to someone who's not really your own. And uh, you know, that, that was truly his shining light for me, is just watching how he, um, he adopted, adopted me. Mm. So flowing out of you, have each talked a little bit about that impact of your, um, your dad or someone who really has filled that father role in your life. When it comes to you with your children, um, are there some things or maybe strategies that you use to try to push your children forward in doing more and being more um, both spiritually as well as in life? So I'll jump in here. So I'm the youngest father here, I think, of, of the four of us. I think it's safe to say the sad part is observing the hair uh, falling in here, I have the, less, the least amount, so I'm wondering what happened <laughs> with that. <laughs> so, well, so my kids are younger, so um, I'm trying to, right now at this stage of life, trying to keep it simple, just establishing, uh, understanding how to pray and being intentional about praying, even if it's like a one-liner, like just learning how to talk to God, and at night just working on a memory verse. Not trying to like have a hundred memory verses memorized, but have one, the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23. So I think those are the things that I'm trying to uh, instill in my mm -hmm. kids between Kristen and myself. And one of the cool things that uh, I've seen out of that is uh, my four-year-old, Lena, was really excited about the Easter story. And we were reading her Bible story. And she just always asked us, Dad, can you turn to the Easter story for me? And uh, Sunday afternoon, we, uh, we got home. And she ran out to the neighbors. We, our fence line is shared with the neighbors. And we can see them when they're out and about. So she sprinted over in her Easter dress and, like, and shared the story of Jesus and the fact that he's risen and had her Bible story out open showing her. And I thought that was just, just a really encouraging, cool thing to see. That's good. I had to, I've reached that half century mark, so I had to write down notes most of these questions or remember what I wrote. But um, I think my wife and I have always tried to encourage uh, our kids to strive for whatever it is they're passionate about. Um, both of us kind of feel like we grew up, not negatively, but just sometimes, you know, with the questions of how are we going to pay for that and all those kind of things. And we've tried to just kind of a little bit recklessly tell our kids, you know, pursue your passions. We want, we want our ceiling to be your floor. You know, we want you to you know, stand on our shoulders and that kind of thing. Um, the other thing we always would tell our kids when they got to the teenage years and, you know, they're leaving your home and you, you hopefully get the details of where they're going, but sometimes things change. But um, we always told them, remember your name, remember whose you are, and remember who you represent. Um, and just that accountability, they knew every time they were leaving, those, those are the things that we were going to tell them. And so I think those are just a couple of strategies that, 
that we tried to uh, have. It's so very interesting you say that, Ernie, because you literally, I was thinking to myself uh, of the stories we're talking to my kids about when you go out, remember, you know, re remember who you represent. And recently saying that to one of my children, and I, I won't uh, name him. Um, <laughs> he could live in Texas. It could be the other one. Uh, I said, remember who you represent? He said, yeah, I know, I'm a Madeira. And I was thinking, no, that's not what I meant, but that is true. I mean, if you, because as a father, you're, you're uh, looking to raise a family that represents the Lord. And if, and if I'm true to those verses I said before, imitate me as I imitate Christ, then that name should mean something too. And I know that's a, a heritage that we all wish to leave our children is uh, a name that draws people's attention to Christ. So mu much along the same lines as the other three gentlemen here, it, it's just be mindful of what you portray, what you carry out to the world, right? Um, th that's one thing I, I try to uh, uh, you know, teach my, my, especially my sons. Um, people have perceptions, preconceived notions, right? And, and what you put out there is what they're gonna take away initially, right? Um, and it's tough to break that once you, once you put it out mm -hmm. there. It, it's, it's a difficult thing to break, right? So you got to be mindful of what you, you know, you put out there initially, how you dress, how you speak, how you approach people, how you, how you interact, everything about you. People will make their, they will make their judgments based on what, what they see. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to um, definitely uh, be mindful of what you portray and what you present to the world. That's good. I like what you said where you said once you, once you put it out there, it's going to be hard to change it. So really think about what you put out there. That's great. Um, how about I, I look at your guys' lives, each of you, and I know that there's times texting with you in the morning or just interacting with you. I know, that, I know your schedules and kind of just the flow and, and the day, what your day often holds or even just a small glimpse of what it holds. And then you each um, are just full with your plates with family and life and everything. How, are, are there any strategies or tips that you've come up with to help balance the, that kind of that delicate balance between owning the responsibilities that come your way as well as being a dad? It, it doesn't stop from the time, <laughs> from the time you wake up, um, my day starts early. Um, and there are times when you're, you're so physically and mentally exhausted that, you know, my wife, she, she, she's been my rock. She just continues to push me and I, I gotta find it within myself to continue to push through. Parenting does not stop. It's a 24-7 day job, right? Um, and, and so trying to find that balance, even though you're, you're dead dog tired, but you still got to persist. You got to continue on. Um, it, it's, it's never ending. It's one of those things where, you know, at the end of the day, just when you think, oh, okay, I'm ready to crash, something else happens, and you just got to find the energy within you to continue to push on. Hmm. be a dad. I think there's a realization that, um, and by the way, Aaron, it, as CK is saying, and a college grad over here, it doesn't matter whether they're young or older, that parenting uh, continues, that responsibility continues. But I think um, what I was thinking to myself is that you will never, as a father, as a mother, as a parent, you will never regret spending time with your kids. You may regret or think, well, that was a wasted hour doing a, B, C, D. But uh, you will never regret that time 
you spend with your children. I had one of my other children recently ask me um, to show her and someone else um, how to change the oil in a car. And that wasn't necessarily a spiritual teaching moment, but it's taking the, you know, you take it to, you take it to the gas station and they change the oil, right? No, taking the time to do something with them. Uh, and I don't know if it's a strategy or a realization that you, you will never regret that time. So take that time, dog tired or not, right? Take that time rather than, yeah, but I got something else to do. For us, it was dinner time. Um, again, we haven't, when I say these things, it's, I don't want you to think that seven days a week we sit down for the perfect family dinner and we all get along and we say the, the Walton's prayer and we all do things, you know, everything. It's, it's not like that. But I will tell you, and this is a very, very practical tip that you could start today. Um, if you ask my kids, we had a question box, just a little green jewelry box type of thing. And I, I really can't take credit for the idea. It's more my mother-in-law and my wife. But we would just, you can print them offline, but they're just questions about life, about, you know, situational things. And if you were, you know, the person that was going to do this, what would, what would you do? And, you know, sometimes we would say, okay, whose turn is it to pick a question? You know, they go over to the box and they randomly pick out a question. Sometimes they're real eager to do it. Other times it's like, I don't want to do the question box tonight. But more often than not, the question box would go way off of the question, and it was just time together, having conversation, finding out values and things that happened that day that were maybe not totally even related to the question. But So the tips and secrets, I guess, for that is that you need to have a question box. Maybe it's not at dinner time, but, but something. And the things I learned from that as a dad, listen more than you speak. Always keep the communication lines open. Um, be the first to say I'm sorry. And uh, in those conversations, kind of weave in there and create clear boundaries uh, for your kids. That's really good. So for me, uh, just I, when I heard this question, I remembered whenever Kristen and I were first having early on as young parents, and uh, people that were in our area of influence saying, well, just wait until such. Just wait until such. Like, we're kind of wishing away what we're currently in until the next thing happens. And I remember Chris and I just expressing a little frustration, like, no, let's enjoy this moment. Like, yeah, it stinks that we're waking up every, every hour of the night to change the diapers. But at the same time, they're in their, their crib. They're not moving. This is great. We can enjoy this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think just in general, recognizing that time is fleeting. Like, you guys, your kids have all, I mean, they're older than my kids. So you can look back and see, like, that time went by like that. And just being intentional about the time that I have with my kids now, both on a one-on-one basis and as a family, as you guys had alluded to. It's something, Aaron, as you shared, that kind of um, just stood out to me. And it's something that I've tried to do from time to time, but it goes with that, just recognizing the moment you're in and, and enjoying it, is that because of uh, social media and technology, we're so quick to want to capture everything on, on, in a picture so we can post it. Or, and that, you know, how often do we scroll through all the pictures we really have? and look at all those events, but sometimes just to put the, the camera down and to not view the event through the lens, but just view it through life and when with your kids and just take it in because it does go fast. Um, and so that, I appreciate you just talking about that, that pause, kind of pausing and taking in the moment that you're in. It's good. Um, 
I'm going to skip ahead a couple of questions just for sake of time. Um, but when it comes... Because we're each answering every question. <laughs> and, but it's good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, as a dad, is there anything you wish you did differently, perhaps um, on the scale of you did more of or less of or even something different? I'll jump right in uh, on this. Uh, probably it is um, family devotions because life gets in the way. And, and as they get older, as the kids get older, even, that becomes even more difficult because they're off working or going to school or doing something that makes um, dinner time, uh, you know, that's not seven, not seven days a week hardly, that we sit down together as a family simply because of, of uh, how busy everybody's life is. So I think if there's, if there's one thing I wish we had done more of, and that is family devotions. Hmm. I'd echo that. Pray more. Pray more as a family. Um, I wish I'd pray more with, with my wife as we were growing up as young parents. Um, did a, a parent study many years ago with some young marrieds, and um, one of the things that was a big challenge in there that stuck with me is that we, in our society, we are under this extreme amount of pressure to make our kids experience rich music lessons and soccers and all these kinds of things. And many times in that, we end up being relationally poor. And they don't really know what it's like to have true, authentic, vulnerable relationships. And so um, I think we've done a pretty good job balancing that. Again, I wish, I wish there was more relationship because they do grow very fast. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Next question. I mean, if you, if you want to jump in, I don't, I don't mind. Um, on that, that pattern of wanting to do things differently or things that you wish you did differently, what, would any of you share what your greatest struggle as a dad has been, um, perhaps even with um, your greatest regret, and, and how, that's, how that's taught you um, in life? Uh, alluding back to what CK referenced earlier on, just like the times where I react quickly out of like anger or frustration or things that I always regret. Just like being slow with that anger, getting quick to mm -hmm. listen, and just like you're in the moment working on a project or something, and then something happens, and you're just quick to react and just regretting that that's not that's not a godly response. And maybe mm -hmm. I did grow up in a in a pastor's home and uh, did a, you know the Bible quiz thing, and so over the years, I guess there's a lot of scripture that was incorporated in my life. Uh, by my parents, you know, by the, the stuff that I did. I didn't, m my wife likes to say there was a Bible that I had that really impressed her because there was all sorts of color in it and all that kind of thing. And I did, I did that a lot. But one of the things that I think it's important for a dad to do is to keep growing. And I'm not suggesting that I didn't, mm -hmm. but it is really easy if you have been raised in a Christian family, you've had a lot of that Christian influence to go, well, I know more than anybody else in my house, so I must be doing good. And uh, I think I'm thinking of uh, someone who is, who is living a life and they, they compare themselves perhaps to others and go, well, I'm doing pretty good. But somebody from the outside looks at it and says, yeah, but you're, you're compared to others, you're not doing well. And compared to the Lord, the direction, the trajectory he wants for you there's no growth there. So I would say, if, again, if there's, a, if there's a struggle, it's making sure that my growth continues mm -hmm. and I don't just rest on knowledge I've already had. I think for me is um, not telling them how proud I am of each and every one of them for fear of diluting it because I have so many. Um, <laughs> you know, 
life is filled with many firsts, right? Uh, especially in my household, teaching my kids how to swim, riding their bike for the first time, um, teaching them how to go potty. That, that for me was, was uh, you know, some key moments because a couple of reasons why. A, it meant that they figured it out. Yay, all right, go, yay. B, it meant I didn't have to change another filthy diaper. So um, it's just telling them, yes, I was proud of them in those moments, but also continuing to tell them that you're proud of them, you know, the small things, regardless of whatever it is, just showering them with praise, um, regardless of how minute the, uh, the accomplishment might be. Well, I, didn't, I thought I saw movement. I was going to give you a chance, but we're moving on. Um, is there a turning point or a defining moment that has helped you grow as a father, that, for the father that you are today? If you could point back to one or two key things and say, this was a defining point for me, what would that be? My son was two years old. Um, I was working on a master's degree program, working a full-time job, going to school three nights a week. And was nearly done with the, with the program. And uh, came home one night. My wife said uh, she had a great day with her son. They had a great day playing together. She stayed at home as a mom. And uh, she said at one point during the day, he looked up at my wife and he said, is daddy coming over to play today? And when she told me that, um, my whole perspective on life changed. Um, I did not want to be a playmate for my son, one of the other kids that just comes over to have fun. Um, so it really helped me to look at my priorities and um, to make sure that I made it uh, a priority to be at their things. And to, you know, I, it was important to be a breadwinner and provide for my family and all those kind of things and move myself along, but never at the expense of, as the video we watched said, spending time with my children. So that was definitely a turning point for me. Mm -hmm. I'll say uh, for myself, uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, Kristen and I became much more intentional about getting together in the morning to pray each day. And uh, through that, just being very targeted and invested in each of our kids and what we prayed for them on and getting that routine of, like, God, I pray that you instill godliness, wisdom, talent, intelligence, and strength in each of our kids, protect them from the, from the evils of the world. Just, like, being intentional about that has been a huge turning point, I guess, for us in seeing our kids again through God's eyes and how we have influenced by praying over them each day. And not only that, but in the mornings, they come out of their rooms and see mom and dad praying and, and sit on the couches and wait and pray with us. And that's something that was modeled for me at home from my parents whenever I was in school. And just every morning I'd wake up and see and hear them praying in the room. It's like, that was a very, very good example model for my mm -hmm. parents. Well, let me ask you, and this question, if you're each willing to, I'd love to have you each uh, just answer this. It says, if there was one thing as a dad you would want to leave as a life-forming memory of you to your children, what would it be? Maybe that was one some of you were planning to let others answer. <laughs> no, I, I, the, I'm going to cheat and do two. Um, sure. Uh, well, maybe three. No, I won't. Um, the first one would be um, that you should never be in a position where you don't want to say, I'm sorry. But I'm the dad, 
right? I'm always right. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right uh, because I'm the dad. But, but a willingness to say, I was wrong, I'm sorry. Because I think that reflects, that reflects our submission to the Lord. You know, how are we saved? We're saved when we repent of our sins. Am I willing to say to my children, to repent to my children of something I've done for them? Particularly if, going back to the very beginning, what I want them to do is to imitate me as I imitate Christ. I better be willing to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And that's really important. But I think the number one thing for me as I am going to do too, sorry. The number one thing for me as a dad, as a father, is that my kids see me loving their mother. Mm. Because um, I, then I really am being an example of Christ's love for the church. It's selfless. It's, self, it's self-sacrificing. It's leadership strength when it needs to be, compassion when it needs to be. So I would say if there's anything, for my sons in particular, that they would see the way they need to treat their wives and their daughters. And for my daughters to have a right picture of what Christ is like. Um, that's good. I, I think for me, the, the, the one you know, life-forming memory I'd want my kids to uh, have, and they always make fun of it. They say it's, it's going to be on my headstone, um, is that nothing in life is ever easy. There are always going to be challenges. Um, but what, what is going to get you through that is resiliency. Um, your ability to recover from mistakes, learn from the, those mistakes, uh, it, which is why I said it early on, hey, sometimes it takes for me to take a step back and let, allow them to experience life, um, go through those pitfalls, because there is no greater teacher than experience, right? Um, that's something that they're going to have to go through life and experience on their own. And, and so it's like we, we have a joke in our house, hey, hit the Staples Easy button. Nothing is ever easy. They, they know that. They, that's like you know, our motto in the house, nothing's ever easy. You're always going to experience challenges, and you know, what, what's going to get you through those challenges in life is, is just your sheer will to succeed and recover from your mistakes, learn from them, and, and continue to move forward. My life verse, uh, verses come from 1 Corinthians 9. Um, I've talked with our kids several times over the years as we've um, had different situations that we've been in, but it's where Paul talks about giving up his rights. And he says, when I'm with those who follow the Jewish laws, I do the same, even though I'm not subject to the law so that I can bring them to Christ. When I'm with the Gentiles who do not have the Jewish law, I fit in with them as much as I can. In this way, I gain their confidence and bring them to Christ. But I do not discard the law. I obey the law of Christ. When I'm with those who are oppressed, I share their oppression so that I might bring them to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone so that I might bring them to Christ. I think another version says I do all things to, to you know, create that common ground. But um, I do all this to spread the good news, and in doing so, I enjoy its blessings. And uh, as we made a transition here just about a year ago from the only place we had ever known, the only place where our family lives... Um, I told them it was most important to me that they knew about me and about our family that we were exactly where God needed us to be and that it's really hard sometimes to listen and act. It's easy to listen and justify and make excuse, but it's really hard to listen and act. So that's one thing that I would hope that they would be able to listen and, and go quickly. Like Abraham got up the next morning. Uh, when he asked him to take his son Isaac, you know, don't don't try to make too many plans, but listen to God and act quickly. I guess for me, uh, just 
when they look back on my life, that they would see a life that wasn't uh, tied up after the pursuit of like the things in life, like having a title and a job or a certain size house, um, but that my identity was in Christ, and that's the way I lived my life as a father, as a husband, as a hmm. citizen. This is really good. Can I ask you, I know there was a couple of questions we skipped over, um, and maybe there's something you want to draw from. Um, but is there any final advice that you'd like to give uh, to the dads that are here? Uh, I remember two years ago, I think Abel was up here doing Father's Day. And one, one of the things he said that really spoke to me, and I, I filed away, was his uh, intention, intentionality of getting down on the ground and playing with his daughters and, like, I'm going to take my G.I. Joe, and I'm going to play with your dollhouse with you. I think that was one of the things he referred to. I think that was really cool. Uh, and then a verse that I wanted to, to part with is in Psalm 127, verse 3. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. And just this analogy of children being an arrow. Um, and we're responsible for shooting those arrows mm-hmm. and targeting where they go. Um, I think that's just something I keep in the back of my mind, that I have a responsibility to help aim my children and mm-hmm. identify the gifts and talents they have and, and help them in their own, their own walk with God. That's really good. I think, I, I guess, I, my advice, I guess, would be um, to make sure you... F- Watch for the things that indicate to you that you did something right <laughs> and celebrate it. Um, one of the questions we skipped, and I'm going to take just a second, is what was one of the proudest moments of your life as a dad? You know, and our kids are kind of like, if you ever worked in education, students always don't come back to you and say, man, you are the greatest teacher ever. You know, they just, that's just something that doesn't happen. And sometimes our kids don't always think about that either, you know, thinking of thanking you for something you taught them. And they do that on Father's Day and some of those other things. But... Um, I remember just about a year ago, um, I'm going to embarrass my middle daughter, Adrienne, she's here. Um, they have a chance as their, at their choir program to sing any song that they want as kind of their final parting senior um, send-off. And I remember she stood up in, in front of her big public high school and sang the song Clean by Natalie Grant. Um, and it was, there was no question, the message of that song, that there's nothing too dirty that God can't make worthy. And and she sang that as proud as ever. And um, I was just really proud in that moment as a dad. And then a few moments later, um, she got an award that was kind of the coveted award for the choir program called the Orion Award. And I just pulled out a couple of phrases. I, I listened to it again last night, what her choir director said. And he said, few students who have the perfect mixture of talent, maturity, and work ethic. She's faithful, dependable, teachable, and talented. But most of all, she's just kind. She exhibits a confidence and humility and always has an uh, an encouraging word for people she comes in contact with. But more than any other adjective or label or title, the integrity and standard with which they live out their life is what is most inspiring. And so I looked at that, and that was a really proud moment for me as a dad to say, ooh, for a moment there, I, I said some things and did some things right that my daughter for that moment was seen that way at her big public high school. So... I just want to share that, that make sure that you, you then celebrate those times. And they're expecting us to tell them to clean up their room and all those other things. Um, but find ways to celebrate your kids' accomplishments. Um, what, one of the things that we, we try to impart in our kids is, is that 
you know, you have to be always mindful of the company you keep. Uh, you know, the old saying, you become like the five people you associate with the most, right? And, and one of the verses that really strikes a chord with me is Proverbs uh, 13, 20. And it says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion, a companion of fools shall be destroyed. And that's the one thing we try to impart on our kids, mind the company you keep, right? You, you have to be careful with those who you choose to associate with because they, they might just be the ones that bring you down. And we saw that um, in, in quite a few of the places that we, where we've lived. And I think my oldest, the big three, we've taught that to. The little three, they have yet to, to really get that lesson ingrained within them. But um, the big three certainly have heard that many times over. And uh, it's one of the things that we hope that they take forward with them in life. And um, they truly are mindful of the company that they keep. Oh, I love that because it's also a challenge to us to be mindful of the company that we keep. My dad used to say that I would prefer that my sons, I have two brothers, and he used to say, I would prefer that my sons are not socialized by their peers, but his peers. So to all the fathers, if there's advice, not that I think any of us are in a position to give it all, you know, the right way all the time, is be careful who your peers are because those are the men that your children see and might want to grow up to be like. Well, dad likes them. These are the kind of people mom hangs with. And so I would say that the advice, because the world we live in, if you look at 2 Timothy, which is Paul's letter to Timothy, and he talks a lot about, about representing the Lord. And if you look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, it says, realize in the last days difficult times will come. Men will be lovers of selves and money and boastful and arrogant and disobedient to parents and, sorry, ungrateful, unholy, unloving. And so he goes through these list of things that our children face all the time. And so the example that they see in us and in the people that we spend time with better move us down to verse 10 so that we can confidently say, but you followed my teaching, my conduct, my purpose, my faith my patience, my love, my perseverance. Uh, that, so if there's advice to give, it's, it's I, I like what you said. Be careful of the people that you as a dad hang out with because they're the ones that also influence your family mm -hmm. and make sure that when they follow us, they're following Christ. Mm. This is really good. And just all that you've shared today, uh, this really is, just speaks truth, but it just speaks from reality and just the lives that you've lived and um, I'm just very grateful for each of you and just for just that God has you here at State College Assembly. Um, I'm very grateful for your role as a dad, and I'm grateful for your transparency that you're willing to share with us today. So why don't we give these men a hand as they return back to their families. I invite you to stand with me this morning as we prepare to close. I want to read one more verse to you uh, out of Psalm, 9, uh, Psalm 90, verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Part of, of receiving that wisdom and that insight that God wants to impart to us is really slowing down the pace that we live life. Teaching us to number our days, to slow down our pace, to really take in 
um, those opportunities and those little nuggets of wisdom that God, I believe that God wants to give us. That's why he says to teach us the number of our days. That we go through life so fast, um, and, and some of these dads this morning touched on this a bit. We go through life so fast with such a fast pace that I think we often miss those small investments that God sends our way, as well as those opportunities that we have uh, to invest in those that God has entrusted to us. So I would challenge each one, whether you're um, a dad here or desire to be a dad um, at some point, to take what you've shared, take at least one or two things. Aaron touched on this, that of one of the uh, Father's Day roundtables, I think it was a couple years ago, that, that uh, what um, Abel had shared and that how that nugget just stuck with him and has influenced him. Take what you've shared today, one or two things, and look at your life through that and look at how can I continue to grow and improve as a dad and letting my life really reflect who he is.